The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, chapter 12. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came in and put in two small copper coins, which are a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, you call us to be your disciple. You call us to follow your footsteps. Help us to understand and to receive the grace that we may give all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the frame of this text starts with Jesus watching the temple. And he notices that there are some scribes there who always want to be first. They want the best respect, the best seats, the places of honor. And they want them in the public places, in the marketplace and in the synagogue and in the banquets. And in spite of their desire for being put forward, Jesus says, beware, because they do it at the expense of the widows. So the story starts, Jesus sits down opposite the treasury. Two meanings there. The first one is location. He's in the temple. He's in the court of the women, where the women can worship, not the court where the men worship. And there are 13 brass containers, and they sit opposite the treasury. Second meaning, he is opposite the treasury. Not just location, but in statement. So Jesus says, tell me what you see. And Jesus looks, and the disciples look, and they see a rich man and a poor widow. They're doing the same thing. They are preparing for worship. They're putting their money into the treasury. 
The, Jesus then tells us that the rich man puts in large sums and the widow puts in a penny. And he's talking about quantity and quality. The rich man put in a large sum. The quality was not very much because it did not cost him much to give that large sum. The widow, a penny, was all she had. She put in all. It says she put in her life. And so the cost was extremely high. But then Jesus says, what do you see? And the disciples see a rich man and a widow. But then Jesus says, the scribe is the one we will look at. It was a system of caring for the poor. A woman in Jesus' day could not own anything. So if her husband had a house and land and there was no other male around, the scribe would take over the care of the widow. And so that place that Jesus is having us look at Beyond the collection tubes was the office, the treasury's office. The scales were in there. That's where plans were made. That's where the books were balanced. That's where the bottom line was looked at. At the expense of the widow. So the story is not about the giving of the widow, but the story is about the scribe's corruption, devouring widows' households, Jesus says. They were to care for the widow, but they took over their farms and their house, and she was left with one penny. Beware of the scribes. It was not a benign comment. It was a comment to bring awareness to what's happening. And Jesus, in next week's text, tells us that the temple will be destroyed because of their injustice. So the main point is about the system and what it does. And what it does to the widow is she gave her whole life. If we look at the Greek, it's just as 
sharp as it is in English. She gave her whole life. There's not much wiggle room. It's not a portion of what she owns. It's not a tithe. It's not a some sort of percent. Her whole life. Think about it. Whole life. None of us can give that. We can't give it to the church. We can't give it to a friend. We can't give it willingly. We can't cut it down to a proportion or a percent. She gave her whole life. And the question is why? Why? Did she do it out of obligation? Did she do it out of respect? Did she do it out of a demand? Did she do it out of expectation? Did she do it because of her religion? Did she do it because of her piety, her faith? She gave all, her whole life, because there was no other option. She gave her whole life because that was what was expected of her. She gave her whole life because her living depended upon it. She was caught in a system and she was trapped in expectations that she would give with a hope that the temple would support her. Her present situation was based on her whole life giving. She did what she had to do She acted because others managed her life. Others determined what her life was going to be. So there was no choice but to give all. This is not a statement against Judaism. This is a statement against the system. The reality of what Jesus was seeing in that day. And he took a risk. And he told the truth. Those disciples that followed him were called the Jesus movement. And that Jesus movement of faith claimed that God was up to something new. Not a new doctrine, not a new faith, not a new God, but a continuation of God being in relationship with God's people, God's world, and God's believers. That they might come to understand God's love. She gave her whole life. It foreshadows Jesus' own action for us. Did Jesus point her out because he knew that this was her last meal, a worship act in the temple? It was what she had to do. 
And that's what Jesus would have to do, give his whole life. Jesus has already been giving his whole life by this time in Mark. He has faced rejection. He was giving his life. He has put up with the questions of his disciples, giving his whole life. He told them again and again that he would die and that if they followed him, they would give their whole life. So the widow, giving her whole life, is nothing new. And it's always new at the same time. She was living what Jesus' ministry was. She was acting out Jesus' call. She was believing in something beyond herself. It was truly discipleship. It was truly salvation. It was the essence of God. It was God's whole life given for her and for us. The situation is the same for us today. God gives God's whole self to us that we may give our whole self to God. We know the unnamed widow And we can guess what happened to her. God is doing it again. He's giving whole life salvation. That's what our discipleship is about. So this sermon, this widow, is not about tithing or giving money. But it's about our whole life. King David said, I will not offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God that cost me nothing. That same thought applies to us. When nothing is demanded, it costs nothing. But when we give our whole life, Something happens to us when we give of ourselves or our time, our skills. Then something happens to us and to the person receiving it. God and giver and receiver, there is a cost. Dietrich Bonhoeffer calls it the costliness of grace. His quote, Such grace is costly because it calls us to follow, and it is grace because it calls us to follow Jesus Christ. It is costly because it cost a man his life, and it is grace because it gives a man the only true life. It is costly because it condemns sin, and grace because it justifies the sinner. And above all, it is costly because it costs God the life of his son, 
Above all, it is grace, because God did not reckon his son too dear a price to pay for our life, but delivered him up for us. Costly grace is the incarnation of God. Incarnation. Merry Christmas. Incarnation. Easter. Resurrection. Amen.